Welcome to the Wandering Bard Podcast. Hi, thanks for joining me on the episode this week. First, I want to say thanks to all the friends and family who came out to support my band, McPherson's Pocket Watch, at the Maryland Renaissance Festival a couple weeks ago. Sometimes the difference between having a good show and having a great show is just one friendly face in the audience. I also want to put out that the first quest game is up on the website, and so far it's turned out really well. Basically what this first one is, is it's a musical geocache adventure game. Now that concept is going to be consistent throughout all the subsequent ones. For this one, what I did was I wrote a song and I put a video up on YouTube. And embedded within the YouTube video, there is a code that will lead you to a real location out there in the world. And uh, I've kind of specially prepared this location for your arrival. And there's a little hidden treasure waiting to be found. What I did is I also made some little scrolls and put them around public locations. And I ended up having uh, one group of young girls who had come across the scrolls and they actually put it together who I was because uh, I had mentioned my band McPherson's Pocket Watch and they came up to me and it was really interesting hearing all the things that they were doing trying to put the code together. So if you're out there and you're thinking about undertaking this adventure, then you should know you've got some competition that's taking it pretty seriously. I'll give you fair warning that if you're looking for some lighthearted listening on your commute to work, that this may not be the best episode for you to listen to. This one's a little bit heavy and it deals with some particularly sad subject matter. The reason for that, it deals with a tragedy um, called Anna Cuin that is kind of famous in Ireland now. And oftentimes when we see these great big numbers of people, we know it's a tragedy. We know that hundreds of thousands of people that die in a war is a terrible thing. But many times those numbers, they're just so big that they're hard for us to really grasp how much and how sad it is. But with this tragedy, it was a much smaller number. It was only about 18 people, and there's some discrepancies about that. But it's just feels much realer knowing um, I know 18 people. I don't know a million people. And so sometimes I actually think these tragedies that involve smaller, more tangible numbers of people can feel much sadder. The song exists as both a song which you sing and also as a slow Irish air as well. And uh, just a quick lesson on airs for those of you who may not know. They are typically instrumental versions of songs and they're notoriously difficult to play because they often have no solid meter. So if you can tap your foot to a piece of music, that would be the meter or the rhythm, but airs don't have that. They flow a lot more. So they're very difficult to learn and you really have to know the words and the statement and the meaning behind the song in order to play the air correctly in order to do it justice in terms of what the intended meaning is if you're trying to convert this to an instrument. Now, I'm actually not even sure right now as I record this whether I'm going to play it as an air or if I'm going to perform it as a song for the performance piece, but I guess we'll see here shortly. 
I think Irish music kind of is known for being fast and upbeat and blazing fast reels and jigs and things like that. But I've personally always been a little more drawn to these beautiful waltzes and slower airs and things like that. First, I'd like to talk a little about the geographic area of Anak Kuhn. Now, I'll preface this whole episode kind of with there is a lot of Irish Gaelic that is involved in it and that is definitely not my strong suit. So I'm going to do my best as far as the pronunciation goes, but just know that um, I'm, a, I'm a layman who is trying to tell the story to the best I can within the skill set that I have available to me. So Onik Down is basically it's a small parish in County Galway. And what it means in Old Irish Gaelic is Marsh of the Fort. Dune specifically means a, a ring fort or a settlement, and it's typically a reference back to the early days when this place would have been settled, probably where the king or the leader of the settlement was, the local chieftain maybe. Now, not much is mentioned about this little place until about the 12th century, and something that's really interesting that I came across was a lot of sources state that one of the regional kings actually gave this land to St. Brendan of Clonford. Now, for those of you who don't know, St. Brendan uh, was actually a, a very famous saint. He's like a saint of travel known as Brendan the Navigator. And there is actually a lot of substantiated claims that he was the first person to discover America. He got in this little raft and basically sailed from Ireland to the United States way before Columbus or Marco Polo or any of those guys did. And some people actually reenacted this voyage. They got in a little raft that was just like his, and they sailed across the ocean just like he would have to show it could be done. So kind of an interesting anecdote about this little otherwise not known of place. As with a lot of these stories and the older history that surrounds these tales, you have to take the stuff with a grain of salt. There's some also contrarian claims that this wasn't necessarily given to St. Brendan, but that by attempting to give it to him, it was a claim by a king to get more land than he was actually entitled to. So there's an idea that maybe he didn't actually own this land to give, but by saying that he was giving it to St. Brendan, that he was kind of trying to increase his realm, so to speak. In the 1400s, there was some attempts by the church to include Unic Down into its reach as well. So they had some bishops there, and they actually tied Anak down into some of the other local parishes in the area so that they could kind of rule over it and have it within their realm of influence. There is actually an abbey here from the 15th century that survives and is a national monument in Ireland. Again, this is kind of like a small little island, but they do have a Gaelic football team and a hurling and some soccer clubs. And something that's interesting about uh, Gaelic football is that you are really expected to play for the team in the county or area that you are born in. It's not like professional football where players get traded or they'll make bids to go play for other teams. If you are born in Tipperary, you're really expected to play for the Tipperary hurling team. It's really extremely poor etiquette. You would be basically a black sheep for the rest of your life if you were to go play for a different team. This means a lot of the hurling clubs, their fans are extremely loyal because they know that they are supporting the kids and the people who grew up from their town. So it really creates an interesting and fun dynamic if you go to or get to see one of these games. So this tragedy that I'm, I'm going to speak of, it happened on Thursday, 
September 4th, 1828. And there was a fair that was happening in Galway. And what people would do is that a lot of times, um, you know, marriage was much different than it is now nowadays. There was there's a courtship process and everyone involved is much more free in terms of making their decisions in terms of who they want to marry. But back in the day in Ireland, um, there was kind of these arranged marriages, these families that would try and get their sons and daughters to, to marry for the benefit of uh, ideally all parties involved. And so there was going to be a mass wedding basically in Galway at the fair. So there was this group of people that they were coming from this little parish in Anak Down and they were crossing the river. And so I'm just going to read you the entry from the Connacht Journal that describes this tragedy on this day. An old rowboat in a rotten and leaky condition started from Anak Down early in the morning, a distance from Galway up Loch Corrib of about eight miles, having, it is calculated, about 31 persons on board who were coming to the fair of Galway. The boat and passengers proceeded without obstruction until they arrived opposite Bushy Park within two miles of Galway, when she suddenly went down and all on board perished except about 12 persons who were fortunately rescued from their perilous situation by another boat. 18 of the bodies of these unhappy creatures were taken out of the lake in the course of the day and presented a most heart-rending scene. Being surrounded by their friends who came to identify them, and by whom they were removed in a boat to Anik Down. The boat was in such an unsound state as to render her unfit for the passage. The unfortunate accident happened by a sheep putting its leg through one of the planks, which produced a leak, in order to stop which one of the passengers applied his greatcoat to the aperture and stamped it with his foot. In doing so, he started one of the planks altogether, which caused the boat's immediate sinking, having been overloaded, 10 sheep, a quantity of lumber, and about 31 persons being on board. 18 of the bodies have been found. 12 have escaped and one is missing. Major Dixon and a party of the 64th Regiment attended and rendered every humane assistance in their power. An inquest was held on the bodies by John Blakeney, Esquire, coroner, at which James O'Hara, Esquire, MP, and J.H. Birch, Esquire, Mayor, attended, and the jury returned a verdict of accidental drowning. So I know that may have been hard to follow along with, may have sounded a little mechanical. So in summary, you had all these people, there's about 30 of them, and they tried to cross this river into Galway for the fair. So they were all expecting to get married that day. They're all in their Sunday's finest, all happy and joyous, and they had sheep and stuff that they were planning on trading. And one of the sheep that was on the boat, he stomped a hole in the boat and caused a small leak. Then in order to stop the leak, one of the men on board took his coat and tried to plug the hole with it and then stamped on his coat to try and get his coat tighter into the hole. And what it did was just his foot went right through and one of the planks broke in the boat and basically all these people drowned. I think this incident is about as far apart as you can get on the emotional spectrum of what you would expect out of a day. These friends and families of these people, they were expecting to see these joyous marriages and what they ended up doing was having to get together to identify the bodies of these people instead who had died. I'm not going to read the names of the individual people, but I do want to point out the name of one man in particular whose name was John Crossgrove, who actually, when he saw this boat sinking, he jumped into the river and he ended up able to save two women, but it cost him his own life as he was trying to save a third.
The reason the numbers of fatalities fluctuates for this tragedy is because, as you see or heard, there was 18 people who originally died, but then two more died later. And some people aren't sure if the total includes Mr. Cosgrove, who died also. And then there's also a poem that is what the air is based on, written by a traveling poet named Antoine Raftery, but it only mentions 19 people passing away. I did a little research on Mr. Raftery, and I actually saw him referred to as the last of the wandering bards, so maybe I'll do a podcast on him at some point. A lot of this tragedy was actually a mystery what happened until September 22nd, 1978, when the Galway Sub Aqua Club actually found the wreck. At first, they only found a couple planks, but as they kept diving, they eventually found the entire boat. One kind of spooky coincidence is that the last name of one of the divers who found the boat was also Raftery, which was also the last name of the person who wrote the poem that the song is based on. In 1828, a memorial was actually erected at the pier in Anak Down commemorating the lives of these people. There's some lines in the poem that really give you perspective in terms of the time and social ideas that were happening around this period. It talks about the men who passed away in their youth and they were still able to harvest crops. The loss of this many people for this community would have been really detrimental not just from an emotional standpoint but from an, a from a survival standpoint as well because they basically needed every person that they had in order to harvest crops and do things like weaving or sewing and things like that there's a couple different versions of the poem and one of them talks about women being able to work the loom as well who passed away you have to remember this was a different time so if one of the doctors passed away it wasn't like today where you can just pick a different doctor there was no doctor anymore that was it this poem is actually still learned by elementary school children in Ireland and many places to this day. If you're looking for some notable renditions, Fergal Skyle has a great version of the air, and Liam Clancy has a great version of the song that tells some of the history as well, and that's actually what I'm going to do. If my health is bad I'll be long relating of the boat that sailed out from Manahak Quinn and the keening after of mother and father as the laying out of each corpse was done. O King of Graces, who died to save us, and it was a small affair, but for one or two. But the boat load bravely on a calm day sailing without a storm or rain to be swept to doom. The boat sprang a leak and left all those people and frightened sheep adrift on the tide. It beats all telling what fate befell them. Eleven strong men and eight women died. Young boys were lying where crops were ripening. From the strength of youth they were born away. 
in the wedding clothes for the wake they robbed them oh king of glory man's hope is vain may burning mountains come tumbling downwards on that place of drowning may curses fall Fool many the soul it has left in mourning and left without hope of a bright day's dawn. The cause of their fate was no fault of sailing, it was the boat that failed them, the Caslinois, and left me to make with a heart that's breaking this lamentation for Anik Kuhn. Whew, so there you go, Anik Kuhn. So I know I referenced it as Anik Kuhn and Anik Duin and Anik Down a couple times, and depending on what time frame you're referencing this location as, it changes the pronunciation, so... The original pronunciation, if you read it phonetically, is Anach Down, but this eventually changed Anach Kuhn is the contemporary pronunciation. If I could try and find kind of a bright spot inside this story, it's that the owner of the boat was never really blamed for the situation. The townspeople, I think they kind of all know who the person was that owned the boat. You can actually hear the name of the boat referenced in the song that I sang if you go back and listen to it. But no one ever really felt a need to go and find this person and, and blame them and make them feel terrible. The community kind of felt that it was more important that they just kind of mourn and, and heal together and move past it. Maybe there's a lesson in there somewhere. Anyway, so the next episode, I promise I'll do something a little bit more lighthearted or humorous. And uh, if you haven't gone on to the website yet, thewanderingbar.co, please go on there, check out the local project where I do collaborations with local artists in local locations, like little coffee shops and pubs and stuff like that. And then I get like a local artist to make a painting of the town. So you kind of have this cool little snapshot of these little communities and I do write-ups about them. And I also have the quest game that's out now. So go out, find that treasure chest. I've got a couple more of those in the works and some other local projects and some shows and stuff coming up, so please go subscribe to the Facebook page, Brandon the Watering Bard on Facebook, Brandon the Watering Bard on YouTube. This stuff really helps me out, guys. I know there's like a thousand of you out there that are listening, going by my little metrics that I can check on my page and stuff like that. So leaving a review or liking the Facebook page, it's all legitimately helpful. So anyway, enough of that. Glad we got to spend a little bit of time together today. Hope we can do this again sometime soon. And until then, be bold. Be kind and safe travels wherever your wandering takes you. 